the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. We're delighted that you can join us uh, for wherever, from wherever we are. you are. And I understand we have people from all over the world listening to the show. And I send you today a very special welcome and an invitation to come back again. On the blog today, the featured article is, hmm, Send Grandma to Jail. No kidding. You might be surprised at what you learn there, so I encourage you to go read that mean-sounding little article. There's also the review of our guest book, Reshaping Reality, which I know you're going to want to read when you hear what she has to say. And while you're there, read her bio and enjoy her picture because she's really quite lovely. There are also articles about self-esteem, happiness, coping skills, and the healthy recipe of the week, which this week is stromboli. I didn't know what stromboli was. It's this wonderful-looking baked sandwich. So, you you know, if all else fails, you might want to go just to see this recipe. So I invite you to stay a while and visit at theselfimprovementblog.com. Many people grow up in abusive families and go on to be abusers, of their own families and those around them. We hear stories in the news about them almost every day. Many people grow up in bad situations and they grow up to be bitter, miserable, and often unproductive adults who perpetuate the negativity and the pain. But there are others who grow up in abusive situations and make a decision never to recreate it in their own family or their own life. Some steep themselves in positive thinking and they take measures to learn new behaviors that they didn't grow up with, but behaviors that don't involve abuse of any kind. And some of them go on to do everything they can to help others live positive, happy, productive, non-violent lives. Our guest today is one of those, and I am so delighted to have her on the show. Robin Marvel is a multi-published author and nationwide motivational speaker in the field of self-development. And she's living proof of what you can do 
to help yourself in terms of self-development and getting where you want to be. She has taken the negative situations she was dealt throughout her life and turned them into motivation and purpose, now helping you get on your feet and participating in the empowerment of your own life. She wants everybody to be able to live an inspired life and embrace who they truly are. And that's important, to embrace who you are, not who you think other people want you to be. With her 2012 release of her most recent book, Reshaping Reality, Creating Your Life, um, she's going to tell you how to do this. She has other books. She has Awakening Consciousness, A Woman's Guide, Awakening Consciousness, A Girl's Guide, and Awakening Consciousness, A Boy's Guide. And her books are being well-received worldwide. And what a wonderful place to start in helping is with our young people of today. It is such a privilege for me to welcome, and her name says it all, Robin Marvel. Robin, thank you for being with us on the Self-Improvement Show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, I was delighted to read your book. It says so many. I just, I maybe, I, I just agree with so much of what you say that it just, it really spoke to me. It was just so delightful. Tell us a little bit about your your journey. Your journey is about ab- abuse. Um, tell us a little bit about what happened to you as a child. Well, you know, as a child, I lived in a really dysfunctional family. Um, there was a lot of domestic abuse, a lot of drug abuse, a lot of mental abuse that went on. And with all of the domestic abuse and all these other abuses, there was a lot of kidnapping with homelessness, um, things of that nature, where it was just a really negative environment. So I grew up with a really low self-worth and low self-esteem. I mean, I was completely unstable. My entire childhood was. So I ended up at age 15, I was seeking for that attention that I thought that I needed, and I turned to alcohol and boys and ended up pregnant at age 16. I had my daughter at age 17. And so... Um, you know, I was really repeating the patterns and kind of going along with the way I was raised until I made the decision to, to not do that any longer. So that's kind of the background on my journey that led me to where I am today. Can you be a little more graphic in, in, in about some of the things that happened to you? Because, you know, we say abuse, but a lot of people have no idea just what that means to a child or a teenager. You know, is, did they put you down? Was it verbal abuse? Did they beat you? Uh, well, you know, well, there what was happened? more, um, with the domestic abuse, it was more between my mom and dad. We lived behind a bar, which was not beneficial at all because they um, enjoyed oh, drinking. No. Yeah. <laughs> so every night they would go to the bar, and every night they would come home and get into a fist fight. I mean, I'd seen my dad beat my mom um, off of the bathroom sink, her face off the bathroom sink until, I mean, her jaw was broken. I've seen him beat up cops. I mean, it was just ridiculous. But every time after these beatings, and because it was continuous, this did not just happen once. I mean, this was every night. He would kidnap me, and he would take me, and we would have to go sleep in a parking lot somewhere in his car because he didn't want the police to find us. And so, you know, he would just, um, there was just, just situations like that all the time. And then he would ask me, I'm just a little kid, and he would ask me, do you want to be with your mom or do you want to be with me? And, and oh. try to make me choose, you know, and that that's, you, you didn't really dare say, I want to be with mom. Right. I was scared of him. I mean, I loved him, but I was scared of him still. I mean, he was extremely violent. And my mom was violent, too. You know, they would they would fight back and forth. And um, I can remember hiding at the bottom of my closet. I mean, I would put everything on top of me and lay in the bottom of this closet and be like, 
please don't let him find me. Please don't let him find me. And that is such a real emotion for me because I can just feel it right now. So as I'm saying it, you know, and he would still find me every time, you know, and then my mom did eventually leave him when I was um, eight years old. I think it was, they got a divorce, but she started entertaining other relationships that were just as physically violent in second grade. Um, I can remember one of her boyfriends had beat her in the front yard with a dog chain, and I happened to, he put me and my sisters in the bathroom and was like, don't you leave this room. Well, I climbed out the window and ran over to the neighbors, but see, nobody wanted to get involved. And so I watched him do this to my mom, and then I heard him say, as she was walking, trying to walk up the driveway, he's like, I'm going to run her over. So I'm barefoot, middle of the night, running up this rock driveway and shoving my mom in a ditch because I see this truck coming. I think he's going to run my mom over. You know, so there, those are a couple of the, um, the bigger, you know, that, that really stick out in my brain. But it was, it was a really repetitive pattern of the domestic abuse always in my childhood until I was a teenager. It's far from the ideal that we think of, you know, tucking our, our child in at night and, you know, <laughs> seeing her snuggle down into the covers. I mean, yeah. you, you didn't have a chance for that. What was it like in school? Were you able to see that other people, other kids didn't have that to deal with? Yeah, I really did. You know, I, I befriended, um, like, the cafeteria lady when I was in second grade. My mom, you, my mom was separated from my dad in second grade, but she was very um, party animal. Like, our house was kind of like a flop house. There was always people in and out, and she would, you know, she just wasn't... Um, she just wasn't there for us. So I was taking care of my sisters. I would get up in the morning, get them ready for school, and then we'd go to school, and then we'd walk home. But I befriended the lunch lady in the cafeteria there, and I would always talk to her, and she was just so loving and kind. And I think that was really something that set an example for me, was seeing somebody who was um, that open and loving and just um, had a st- had stability. You know, every day I could count on talking to her. And so I thought that that was something that really impacted my Did she have too. any idea what you were going through? Um, no, I don't think so. I cannot remember ever sharing what I was going through with anybody in my grade. But, you know, when that would happen, when my mom would get beat up, I'd call the cops. I was always trying to call someone to help us, and I would get in so much trouble. Like, I'm not kidding you. I would get my aunts. I'd get in trouble by my aunts, by my mom, by my grandma. Didn't They're like, you need to stay out of it. But I'm like, you're crazy. This is my mom. You know, this isn't right. Yeah. So I knew back then it wasn't right. Oh, my goodness. Now, you had how many sisters? I had two sisters, an older sister and a younger sister. But you were the one who took care of everybody. What, what about your older sister? Where was she? Well, you know, my older sister, she was there. But it just, I think I was the strongest of the three of us. And so I would just step up, and I, I would try and fix things and try and help them and, and make things better. And so it was always just, I think I just took on that responsibility. It's so interesting the way we're all so different and how we step up when there's trouble or don't step up. What made you decide to turn all these negative situations into some kind of motivation and purpose? What What was the turnaround factor for you? Well, you know, when I was 23 years old, I remember the day when I made this decision. You know, I'd had my child young, but I, I was kind of, I wasn't following in the domestic abuse situations, but I was kind of um, just floating through life. You know, I was just kind of existing, going day by day. I wasn't really living at all. And I can remember when I was 23, I was I was very addicted to alcohol, and I was not being a good mother. I was not being a good wife. And I looked at my life, and I said, 
you know what, this is not how I want my story to end. I am going to change this and, and live my life with purpose. And that was in that moment that I made that decision to change things, that I started changing things, and that's really when it started happening. Were you influenced by anybody who was sort of your mentor, or did you, you know, in your own, you just your own soul said, this is not working? It was in myself. It was definitely in myself. I just decided, you know what, I don't want to follow those patterns. I don't want to struggle during my life. I don't want to have unhealthy relationships. I want more for myself. I want more for my daughter, and I'm the person that's got to do it. Like, I, don't, I can't depend on anyone else doing it for me. Because my my mom my and my two sisters very much are are stuck in the patterns. Not the um, my mom is not in a domestic relationship and a domestically violent relationship anymore. But my sisters are following suit. Like it's like walking through a mirror into my childhood, the the lifestyles that they're living with themselves and their children. So I really knew I had to stand up and and own it for myself. It was my decision. And and, and this is the big question that comes to my mind: Where on earth did you start? What did you know was the first thing for you that needed to change? The very first thing for me was I knew that I needed to start loving myself and I needed to start respecting who I was and I needed to start having knowing that I was worth it. And that was really the bottom line for me because once I started realizing that I really did love myself and I was making choices that were healthy for me and for my life and I could really look in the mirror and say, I love you without the negative chatter and accept myself, my life shifted tremendously because everything start, I started living through that perception. I'm worth it, demanding respect because I had the respect for myself. And that was really where I, that was absolutely the place that I started. You know, it's interesting because some people can go through their whole life with self-loathing, really, or the least self-doubt, and they never get the idea that it's okay to love themselves. How How did you know that it was okay to love yourself? It wasn't, you know, ego, it wasn't... Uh, not okay, but it was something that you really had to do, is start to love yourself. Where did you get that concept? Well, you know, I really had to go through my lessons, too. You know, I, li- I lived through ego for a long time, and I, and I also, you know, was kind of following the crowd for a while and things like that. And I really just, that moment on the tw- uh, when I was 23 was just so powerful. And I know that it sounds crazy to some people because they're like, one moment that easy. I'm like, it, it, it's not easy. It wasn't easy. But that moment, it was like it all made sense to me that, wow, you have got to learn to love yourself. You have, it was like all the answers that I'd been seeking for and craving and wanting for so long and trying to fix with alcohol and whatever else that I was trying to, you know, create my happiness with without having to look at myself was there. It was in front of me like on a silver platter going, okay, this is what you need to do. These are the steps that you need to take. Now, either you're going to do it or you're not. And then I started noticing all of these lessons, you know, like I was like, oh, I did, I did that. And I chose this, you know, I chose to stay in that pattern and it didn't change. And so I'm repeating that lesson again. And that still happens to me where if I'm not getting it, it's right there back in my face again. And I think that's just an amazing way that life plays out for me, and I'm, I'm thankful that I'm able to see where I needed to find that self-love, and, um, you know, that's the way it happened. What's interesting is that you got this so quickly and at, at such a young age when some people, you know, read all the books and go to all the meetings and seek out all the gurus, and it still doesn't sink in, you know, 
that this is the starting place. Did yeah. you have a specific person, whether it's a book or a teacher or so, somebody that really spoke to your heart and said, it's okay to believe this? You know, I really didn't. I've read, I've read tons of books, and I know that I've read um, Living in the Light by Shakti Gawam was one of the first books that I read that I started kind of shifting my mindset. And then I read um, Eckhart Tolle, which I fully loved his books, and I, and I thought, wow, that really yeah. puts stuff into perspective. And I was once, isn't it so amazing when you can really see life with your eyes wide open? Like you oh, live so long. It's absolutely it's, amazing. <laughs> it, it is, and it changes everything in your whole entire. I mean, I can remember when I when I started finding gratitude and living in gratitude, and I can remember I live in a really small town. It's like three hundred and eighty people, and um, I was always looking for the negative of this town. You know, oh, I I can't stand this town. It's not good enough. Blah blah blah. All these things, and then I remember when I started living eyes wide open, like I like to say, and I can remember sitting on my couch and looking around, and going, wow, it's. I can't believe that all of this time you've been searching for this negative and attracting this negative and living in it and blaming it on everybody else and everything else when that's what you're attracting from this place. So now it's time to let that go and start attracting the positive. And, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, and everything was changed from that moment forward. So it's just what a wonderful really thought. Cool. It's time for us to take our first break. While we do, I want our listeners to think about all the positive, wonderful things in their life that they can be grateful for. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with more from Robin. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Are you looking to improve your personal or professional branding? What about your business? We've got a program that will help streamline your image management. Tune in to Marketing Matters, hosted by Yasmeen Anderson-Smith. Your business and public image is important to your customers' perceptions. And in this day and age, how you market yourself or your company can make the difference between running a successful business and shutting it down. Marketing Matters can be heard every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on World Talk Radio Variety. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self improvement show. My guest today is Robin Marvel. We're talking about her journey and her book, 
Um, Robin, we were talking a little bit about how you turned your life around. You say in your book, becoming a mother at age 17 was a wake-up call like no other. As I was told that I was having a little girl, I made the commitment to raise my daughter with self-esteem, self-love, and confidence. Tell us a little bit about your daughter and how she is now and how she's influenced your own journey because she had to have brought you a whole new dimension of of love and self-awareness. You know, um, as you're saying that, I'm getting goosebumps because my daughter, um, she... She saved me, and I tell her that all the time because I never knew the love, like, that me and her have. You know, that was something that was just unbelievable. To have that unconditional love of a child is mind-blowing, and I was just so, my life was so completely changed by her. And, you know, now at her age, she's 15, she's going to be 16 in August, she is everything that I wish I would have been at that age. Like, she walks with her head held high, and she knows what she's doing, and she's kind and she's loving and she's confident and she's got a level head and and I'm just so proud of her and every she has taught me so much like everyone says you know our children teach us so much and that is the absolute truth because through her I've learned so much more about myself and I've been able to share the lessons with her like you know Emily I was out of control I made these choices and I'm sharing this with you because I want to show you what path I was on so you can choose a path that you want to be on so it's really been helpful. All of my experiences have been really helpful in encouraging her to live a life of empowerment and, and motivation versus just going through the motions that I was doing at her age. Um, and, and the wonderful thing is she listens, doesn't she? Oh, yes, she does. <laughs> because you have authenticity. You know, I, I, I hear authenticity. I think our listeners must hear that as well. How else do the obstacles you face throughout your life affect the work you do now? Tell us a little bit about your work and, and how your, your growing up years affected that work. Well, you know what's really cool about what I, well, what I went through when I was a child, like I look back on it and, and it wasn't fun and it wasn't good for me then, but being able to look back on those experiences then and pull the lessons out of them and use them in my work today has been really beneficial. I also love one of the most most important things to me is that I can relate to people. Like, I am I am living proof. Like, I've done this. I've been there. And I know I'm not the only teen mother out there. And I know I'm not the only person who had domestic, violent, violently parents. You know, I know that. I'm fully aware. So what I like is being able to talk to people who might be stuck in a rut or who might feel like they have no way out as an adult because of based off their childhood and say, you know what, you're not that wounded person anymore. You can step outside of that wounded eye and own your life, and I'm going to tell you that you can because I did it myself. So let me share these tools with, you know, through my books or my workshops or my classes or whatever it is, any way that I can help you. Let me share the tools that I use, give them to you, and you can implement them in your own life. You can use them however you want, take away from them, give, put more into them, whatever works for you because we're all so unique. But let me share my story and let me hear your story, and we can walk together hand-in-hand into this life of empowerment because you deserve it. And so I think that the obstacles that I face allow me to do that, reach people on a much deeper level than just saying, oh, I researched this, and and this is what I'm telling you. I found this in Wikipedia. (laughs) You don't don't do that. (laughs) So do you think that anybody can turn their life around no matter 
what it is that they've experienced because you read some and read and hear about some real horror stories out there of children who have been abused, like the one little girl who was kidnapped when she was small and they just, I can't think of her name right now, it's out of my head, uh, and they just found her. She's a grown-up and had two children by her abductor. You know, can, can these kind of people come through? I 100% fully believe in everybody. I think that everybody can change anything they want in their life whenever they want. Do I think that you do it like a flip of a switch? No. I'm telling you it's a commitment, and it's something you have to want to do. Because I, you can talk to your blue in the face to somebody who says they want to change, but if they don't want it, it's not going to happen. So if you want to change and you deep down say, okay, this life is not working for me, I want to change it, then it's time to start taking the steps. And am I telling people, if you hate your job, go quit it tomorrow? That's not what I'm saying. No. I'm saying you have the power to change everything in your life. If you have to take the baby steps, make a list and start doing it. You know, start working towards accomplishing those goals and those changes in your life to live a life of purpose and love and motivation and what you want to do in your life because this is your life. You know, regardless of what happened to you as a child or as a teenager or even five days ago, what you choose to be right now in this moment is really up to you. You can change it. You know, that's all in your hands. So I absolutely believe anyone can change no matter what's happened to them. What do you what do you tell them or how, how do you determine what the first step is um, and to, to, to live with motivation and purpose? And where do well, they you start? Know, I really refer back to um, what I said earlier. I think the bottom line for people to start changing is to start loving themselves because that had such an impact on me and changing my own life that I've also seen it have an impact on others trying to change their life because – you really have to realize that all of your happiness, all of your um, confidence and everything really is based on who you think you are. Like whether you think you have low confidence because your dad never told you he loved you when you were little or your husband calls you fat or whatever your situation is, the reason why you feel that way is because you're allowing yourself to feel that way. You're in charge of your emotions. So when you are trying to change and you're trying to take control of your life and change these things that are negative, it's really up to you and how you react to your life situation. You know, so you, you can sit and blame it on other people, but it really did, has to be. Yeah, did you hands. do that? How long did you blame your parents for your life, or did you ever? You know, I can honestly say I did not ever. I really didn't. I was fortunate in the fact that I looked, I, I don't know why I didn't, because people ask me that all the time. Aren't you still mad at them? And I, and I always think, no, I really don't ever remember a time sitting around going, oh, my mom's so horrible, I can't believe that we lived in a station wagon on the river for six months. You know, I I don't think that way. I just never have. I've always thought, you know, it sucked, and I wouldn't do it for my own kids, but if I had to go through all of those lessons to get to where I'm at today, then I'm okay with it. Then they did the best they could, and, and it's over. Like, how am I, why would I want to live in that now? To what me, do you do then with people that you work with who come to you filled with anger, who look at themselves in the mirror and can't say, I love you. What's, what, what's their starting place? What kind of tools, I guess, I want to know, do you give them? Well, you know, one of the first things that I do with someone who is so pent up about their past and they can't let go of their childhood is I really try to work with their inner child and, and releasing all of these wounds. Because I think as you grow up, you, you create these wounds, you know, like when me watching my mom get beat up, there is a wound, you know, and I can live the rest of my life looking through that and living my entire life through the person 
of, of that kind of trauma, or I can, you know, bandit it up and move on with my life and forgive it and move forward. So I think a lot of the, the things that people need to start with in situations like that is really looking back on going through their childhood and going, okay, this was when I started being mad or this is when I started hating myself. This was a situation. Looking at that situation, breaking it down and healing it, you know, really looking at forgiving the people around it. And when I say forgive, it doesn't mean that you are saying it's okay that your parents did what they did or whatever the situation. All you're saying is I'm not going to hold emotion, negative emotions to that anymore. It happened. It sucked. We move on. You know that, and I think that that's really important for people to understand when they're letting go of all of this childhood trauma. Is you have to, you have to let it go at some point, or you can might as well pack a suitcase full of boulders and carry it around town with you everywhere you go, because that's what it's doing to you. It's yes, or it's down. eating you up. You know, it's yeah. it's yeah. it's proved now that our thoughts and emotions create illnesses in us, and anger, resentment, bitterness, bitterness, all of those underlie cancer and some of those debilitating diseases you know so you know forgiveness is key absolutely and key to that is just exactly what you said you you don't have to say it's okay it wasn't okay they did that to you but let it go yeah so yep. yeah let it go See, I, I I agree with just about every syllable that comes <laughs> out of your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> what are some of the steps you've taken to keep your life on track? Well, you know, that's really important because, like I said earlier, this has to be a commitment. Like, every day I wake up and I choose to live my life this way because it's very easy to stay in a cycle that you know. And And I know that for people. To break out of the cycle, it can be a challenge. So for me, every day I wake up and I remember what a privilege it is to be a, to be alive. I remind myself of how lucky I am to get an opportunity to live this day. And I always think, you know, 100 years is not a very long time. I have a lot of things I want to do. And sitting around <laughs> feeling sorry for myself is not one of them. So I'm not going to do it. And so it's about really creating that strong beliefs within you. And, and, you know, I'm always, I don't want to say, you know, like I always am learning new things and changing things that I believe in or changing my convictions on certain situations and things like that. And that's fine, but it's really about living your truth. And I think that that is the way that you can really continue on this path of empowerment and live with the motivation and purpose is living your truth, living what you are and not caring what the person down the street says or caring what happened 10, 20, 30 years ago, you know, just really living in the now and living your truth will keep you alive. It's time for us to go to another break. And while we do that, I want you to think about something Robin adheres to as, as do I. What other people think of me is none of my business. Stay tuned. We're going to talk more with Robin Marvel. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. 
Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective. Your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Robin Marvel. Um, there's so many questions I want to ask Robin, so many things I want her to share with us. But before we get into this next segment, Robin, tell us a little bit about your work and how people can find you. Okay, I have, uh, um, I have four books out, and my most recent is The Receiving Reality, Creating Your Life. And there's also a class available, which you can find on my website, and it's www.robinmarvel.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. So anywhere you want to find me, I'm happy to share with you and grow together. Let me ask you this. You you didn't have the opportunity to do a lot of college work, as I read in your bio, and that's not important to me. But how did you learn to write so well? You know, I've always been I've always been a writer from a very young age. I just loved it. It was something that was a huge passion of mine. Reading and writing are two of my favorite things still to this day. And um, I'm self taught. I guess I just you know I say what I feel, and it it just seems to flow out perfectly. Ah, I love it. I kind of sense that. You know, and I guess my message here is you know you don't have to have degrees all over the place to be significant to make a difference in the world. Look what Robin's doing. How, what, where did you find the motivation, the courage, the insight, whatever it is, uh, to write that first book? Well, you know, with the first book, what happened was I homeschool my daughters. I have five daughters, and I homeschool four of them because I have a baby. And um, Well, she's not a baby anymore. She's 17 months. But anyway, and um, I homeschool them, and I wanted to teach them about self-esteem and self-awareness, and I wanted to let them see the world is really big, and there's a lot of different views and a lot of different things you can learn. And so I thought, you know what, I'll search for a book, but I wanted something that was really hands-on. So I looked on the Internet, and I ordered these books, and a lot, and all of these books that I was getting would tell me what to do, but they were not for the kids. You know, there's plenty out there to tell an adult what to do, nothing to help grow and encourage and expand the awareness in the child. So I'll never forget, I was sitting at my computer desk, and my girls were sitting at the table doing schoolwork, and I looked at them, and I go, you know what, you guys, I can't find nothing. I'm going to write it. 
And they're like, yeah, you should. So I started writing it, and I emailed a publisher here in Michigan, and I said, idea, you know, what do you think? And he emailed me back um, almost immediately and said, yes, send it to me. Can you get it to me by Wednesday? And I was like, of course I can. <laughs> so I threw together the book in like three days. And I mean, of course, it was edited and we did more work with it and added more to it and stuff. But the initial book was written, I think, in three days. But, you know, it came so easy. And I had my girls and I'm like, well, you guys try this exercise. Do this. One. What do you think? You know, so I had a lot of feedback. And it was just, um, it was just a great experience. And then that book was out. And I started doing workshops, and before I could even um, think, you know, about it, the boys' guide was being requested, so that came out. And um, then I wanted the woman's guide because I wanted something that was more detailed and and more. Um, it was kind of personal to me because you know I'm a woman, and I thought I could share some of the stuff with stuff with other ladies. And um, and then here came reshaping reality, so that's how they all played out. They were books that were were needed. Um, and I guess you're the scribe. I guess so. You know, uh, w- what a lovely, lovely story. And you had built-in advisors the age of those who would need this book. So you, you had built-in help. I mean, just, that's, yeah. that's so amazing and, and yeah, so and wonderful. <laughs> it's, you know. On the front of the girls' guide is actually my three daughters. I, my, my younger one is inside of it and my new baby wasn't born then yet, but yeah, they're on the cover of it. So it's, so it's pretty cool. It was a good experience. So if we want to see your children, we can take a look at that book and while you're at sure. it, why don't you yep. buy it and read it and give it to your children and all of those kind of things. How can they find your book? Where do they buy their book? They can get it on the self-improvement blog by clicking the, the link to Amazon, but you know, how else can they find your book? Well, they can get them at any bookstore. You know, they might have to ask for it. Um, And they can also get them, like you said, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can get them all in Kindle or Nook Book or whatever it's called. And um, so they're pretty pretty much everywhere out there. And they can read more about them on my website. I actually have um, excerpts out of them and stuff like that on my website. Where's your website? Okay, RobinMarvel.com. RobinMarvel.com. It's a really lovely website. I I encourage you to go there. A little bit ago, you talked about, you, you made the statement, you know, a lot of people don't understand that they can make a choice about how they feel, about their emotions. Talk about that a little bit. How did you learn that you can make a decision about how you feel about anything? Well, you know, this this is a big one for me because when, Back in the day, I used to be affected by everything everybody was saying. You know, like my mom could call me and take me out for the day. Like I would be mad and I would be upset for the entire day and I would replay the situation in my head over and over. I mean, somebody could be rude to me at the grocery store and it would just devastate me. I can't believe people treat people like that. That's just so ridiculous and go on all day long about it and just stay living in that story. But like I said, by repeating it to everybody so that people could validate to me, yeah, you're right, they're wrong, you know, type situation. So I really had an awakening when I realized, you know what, no one else gets to control my emotions. Like, I am in charge of that. Just like everyone in the entire world, you are in charge of your own emotions. How you react to how people are treating you is up to you. If somebody is rude to you and you be rude back, that's on you. You know, I whenever somebody mistreats me, whether it's my family member or, um, you know, anybody, I don't care who it is, a lady at the grocery store, anything like that, I consciously make a decision in how I'm going to react to that. And for me, what I do and be so 
big on teaching this and implanting it in my girls for themselves, I react with kindness because I say, you know, if that lady at the cash register is so angry and miserable in her life today that she's feeling the need to be rude to me, then I need to be that light for her because maybe I'm the only person that's going to be nice to her today, even though she's being mean to me. Because I don't care that people are mean to me because I think I own this. You know, you can treat people however you want. It's all about how you react to it. It's your choice. You can fly off the handle just like someone cuts you off and driving and you flip them off and you yell at them and then you call everyone in your address book to tell them how rude these people are cutting you off. I mean, that's your reaction to it and you're living in it. Like those people who cut you off, they don't care. You know, they're not carrying that around. You're starting to carry, you carry your emotions, not them. So it's better to say, you know what, they must be in a hurry. Have a nice day, wish them love and go about your business. And that is truly how I react to my situations. It's quite empowering, too, isn't it? It's so relief. relief. Sometimes you see the change in the person in front of you that's being mean. You see them change in that instant when you're nice back. And and that's another one of your sayings that I absolutely love. Um, You say, I can even give you the page number, on page 55 (laughs) of this book, (laughs) Robin says, nice matters all day every day what made you you know say that in the book love it because i believe it you know it's it's true and so many times people are looking for ways to be mean to to feel superior or because they're having a bad day and i just think i I don't like that you know i don't like people to treat me bad and i don't like people to be mean i think it's important that when you're facing situations even when the other people aren't nice to you it's important you're nice to them because you're you're the nice person. I tell my girls this all the time. You know, when people are mean to you, you be nice back to them. Not because they're nice people, not because they're choosing to be nice to you, but just because that's what you are. Because you're making your imprint on this world, how you behave and how you react to situations and how much kindness you show and love you show. It doesn't matter how they're treating you; it's how you react, like we were just talking about. And that is what inspires me to always. Be nice to people. I, I don't care. I just, I want to. That's who I want to be. I want people when I walk away to go, that lady was nice. And maybe I, maybe I brightened someone's day because sometimes people don't have people saying nice things to them. And you could be that person. Like, I like you have nice earrings or, you know, I like your shirt today or whatever. It's so simple to be nice. But yeah. Oh, everyone- it is. You know, one of my, one of my assignments to me when I go into the store is to find somebody who either just isn't kind of aware of what's going on around them or they look sad and I'll say wow I really like your shirt or yeah. you know, something yeah. and they look at me like what and then they smile yeah <laughs> and, and it makes all the difference and it's almost a science experiment for me although I mean it but I just you know I just want to see how many people can change like that in such a quick moment you know, right. it's it it's lovely and another thing you say um, is do not be so quick to judge others. Judging others does not define them. It defines you. And this is right along with your other teachings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're so, I find that when we're picking things apart about other people, it's because we don't want to look at our own issues. And, uh, you know, so, so judging others is something that's such a programmed belief. Like, I mean, it is a trained thought in so many people's minds that they learn, like all of this bullying going on in schools and stuff. I see the kids doing it, and then I see the parents doing it, and I'm like, okay, well, there's, you know, there's the tie there. And so for me, when 
to stop yourself from judging others and just be so focused on the positivity and the empowerment of your own life and worrying about where you're going and the directions you're going and leave other people alone because we're all, you know, it takes all kinds of kinds to make up this world. And, and we really have to realize that it's okay for people to be different and it's okay for them to do their own paths. And I face a lot of adversity in the work that I do in, in my small town and, you know, a lot of criticisms and judgments and, and I still do. But, you know, to me, I think if you are, if you have nothing better to do in your life, then focus on mine, then I hope that you find something good out of it. I hope that you can pull something that brings more positivity and happiness to your life because I will not define myself worrying about what other people are thinking about me. I just won't do it. I'm not going to give them that power. It's mine. Bravo. (laughs) We've been talking about your book, but we really haven't talked about your book. Tell us a little bit about what made you write a book called Reshaping Reality. Uh, What's it about? You know, Reshaping Reality is really about changing your patterns and breaking out of these dysfunctional cycles. You know, by really, when I say Reshaping Reality, I want to shake your spirit awake with this book. I want you to realize that you are not a product of your childhood or of your finances or of the town you live in or anything. You are what you choose to be right now. And I want to show you the tools that I use. I want to share these with you so that you can use them in your own life and you can start breaking out of those cycles and changing where you want to change and just really owning your life. Because I am so big on people being the star player of their life and knowing that you are. Because, I mean, this is it. This is, this is your shot. So it's time to start taking it. Get off the bench and start taking it because this is yours. And that's really what this book is about, owning your life and reshaping your reality. You have, after every chapter, you have exercises. Did these exercises come from what you discovered helped you walk your path? Absolutely. Every single exercise in this book is true what I did and still do and that I have done. They are all very close to my heart because these things really helped me in, in my reshaping and my moving forward on my, on my journey. And with that thought, it's time to go to break again. I want you to think about those exercises that you know about that you can do to change your life. And then I want you to think about some of the things Robin has said to you today. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more with Robin Marvel. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. 
It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune into Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self improvement show. This is Irene Conlon. With my guest, Robin Marvel, we've been talking about uh, how you can reshape your life, how you can change things around. Um, one of the things that Robin wrote in her book that struck me as incredibly important is this phrase, just because a guru or prominent figure says something is so, it does not mean it's your belief or anyone else's for that matter. It only means that it is the truth for that person. You talk about beliefs in your book. How important are beliefs and where do you find, how do you find someone that you can listen to? Um, What are your criteria? You know, for me, beliefs, I think um, for so many years we're, we're taught our beliefs. You know, we're taught them from our parents, from school, from our clergy, from whatever outside influences that you have. But as you grow and you start making your own decisions and, and learning about choices, you have to re-examine those beliefs. You know, you have to look at them and go, okay, I don't really believe in that, but because my mom believes in it for all these years, I've just been following suit with it. And you really have to start um, dissecting those beliefs and finding out what's your truth. And then, you know, as far as it goes with other people telling you what their beliefs are and you just going along with it, uh, that's why I wanted to put that about that that guru because I see in the self help world so many times people are just following these leaders that they you know that they say are their leaders help for whatever reason, but it's more of a I don't know how I want to word that it's more of them just following along with it because so and so said it so it must be true because they have high they have high they're high up in the metaphysical spiritual world or whatever they're looking right. at so it's really important to realize that. Your beliefs are yours. Like, nobody else can define them or make them for you. You're the one who has to go through them and decide what you believe and choose what you believe and then and believe it. But always be open to that changing because I cannot tell you how many times I've had a specific belief and I started learning and learning more about myself and about the belief and going, oh, wait, no, I'm going to change that. That's not the way yeah. I want to go. And I that's part take of growing. Look at that. Yeah. How do, you, how do you sense that a belief is or is not all right for you? You know, my, my big thing is if it feels good to you. If you're, if you're believing something and it feels good to you and it sits in your heart and you, can, you are 100% behind it, then that is a belief that's true for you. If it's something that you're just kind of, well, everyone else is believing it and I'm just going to go along with it. We've always done it since I was a kid. Then it's time to examine it, change it a little bit and find out if it's really true to you. Cause you can- yeah, yeah. 
Yep. I think people need to pay attention. You know, I tighten up. <laughs> There's a part yeah. of me that tightens up into a little knot and is like, oh, maybe I need to take another look at this one. Yeah. Or sometimes I hear something and it's like, everything feels right. You know, and I don't even yeah. know how to explain that. Do you have that kind of sense? We all are different. You know. Yeah, I do. You know, when something... When something hits me and it's and it's true, or you know, it's, I think it's going to be part of my truth. It's like my head shifts. You know, like my whole brain shifts and goes, "Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense." Yes, that's it. You know, and I just instantly can start ingraining it and, and utilizing it in my life. It becomes something that's very true to me. And I think that that's with people. You know, if you feel it all the way down to your bones, then yeah, I mean, go with it. It's definitely a belief that's important to you. But like I said, don't follow suit because you're sister's cousin reads a book by someone and, and they say, oh, this is the way you should live. This is the way it should yeah. be done because it's not. not and, you know, let, let's bring it where the rubber meets the road. What if your daughter, one of your daughters says, oh, I don't buy into that at all. How do you do deal you know with that? that? Do you know what? My daughters do that. And my daughter will tell me if she believes in something or doesn't believe in it. And to me, I say to her, you know what? This, this is your journey. This is your belief. You believe what you want. I'm just here to show you all of the different avenues and all of the different things, and you do not have to believe or like something because I do. I mean, my old, my 15-year-old is majorly into, like, punk bands right now. The um, I don't even know who they are, but, you know, the boys that are rock and rolling, and, and that's something that's, like, her belief yeah. right now. That's hers. So for me to come in and go, you can't believe in that. You you can't do that. That's ridiculous. They're, they're not even good or whatever. It, it's not going to happen because, to me, I think she's building herself right now. Who am I to come in and say, no, you can't do that? Unless it's endangering her, I'm okay with letting them explore what they want to explore. Absolutely, 100%. Mothers of the world, please pay attention to, <laughs> to this. Um, so many of us have made the mistake of telling our children or making them think they had to believe just like we do or walk just like we do it's the same thing that we get from the media on how we're supposed to look think talk walk um no we're so amazingly different and we're supposed to be yes tell us what you mean when you say life is a privilege do not play small with it you know i cannot tell you enough how important it is to realize and know what a privilege it is to be alive so many people do not have that privilege. So many people struggle each moment for, to breathe and to be alive, and they're fighting every day to survive. And you have the opportunity to be in, this, be in this life and be a part of it. And life is meant to be big. Don't limit yourself thinking, oh, I can't do that because I don't have the money, or I can't do that because I don't do this, or, you know, whatever your limits are that you're creating, because you are creating them. If you have a limit, you are completely creating that, and it's time to remove it. And if it's financial, then work towards changing that, you know, whatever it is. But for me, life is such an honor. Like, every day I think, wow, I'm alive. What am I going to do with this day? I'm sure not going to waste it. So it's time to get up and do something that makes a difference and makes me feel good about being alive, and I'm going to do it. And if that means it's sitting down on the river or taking my kids to the park or writing all day or whatever it is, I'm going to take a hold of it because I'm not wasting one moment because, like I said, you only get 100 years. If you're lucky, you get 100 years. That's not a lot of time, and, I, and you got a lot to do in this time, and, you know, the world's waiting to see what you've got, so bring it. Yeah, somebody said, you know, the place to start is to get up, suit up, and show up. 
Yeah. And you have to you have to say, hey, that's right on. Get up, suit up, whatever your suit is. It may be a swimming suit that day. Right. You know, get up, suit up, and show up. Show up for life. You know, if you're sitting in front of the TV, I have this wonderful picture in my library of artwork that I use on the blog of this guy who's well overweight, sitting there in his undershirt with a big stain on his shirt, playing, you know, using the remote. And I'm thinking, you need to get up, suit up, and show up, mister. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I agree. What, I agree <laughs> what, what are the final words? We're almost at the end of this show, if you can believe that. And it's hard for me to believe that. It's been such a joy. What What's the message, the ultimate message you want to leave with those people who are still struggling Still living the life of a victim, what do you want to say to them? My ultimate message is that you are do you no longer have to be a victim of circumstance. You own your life. You are in complete control of everything in your life. You hold it all. So stop, stop having a pity party. Stand up and look at your life and say, you know what? I own this, and I'm going to start making choices to live a life of purpose and motivation and find my happiness within and stop being a victim to something in my past or, uh, you know, being a product of anything. You are what you choose to be right now, this moment right here. And, you know, you're enough. So let's get started. Oh, I love that. You're enough. If you want to read Robin's book, I highly recommend that you get online right now. Go to Amazon or get in your car and go to the bookstore. Her book is Reshaping Reality, Your Life, Your Choices. She has wonderful things to say, and she has very helpful uh, exercises at the end of this chapter. You can read my review of it on the blog. I call this a meat and potatoes book because she doesn't go way off into a tangent that you can't follow. This book is it has things that are available to everybody no matter where you are on your path. If you're just starting to put your foot on it, you know, this book could be extremely helpful. Next week's guest is Jane Marla Robbins, an actress and author. She wrote a book, Acting Techniques for Everyday Life. That's for people like you and me who sometimes need to be able to get the courage to do that thing that stretches you beyond your limits. So come back again next week. Thank you, Robin, so, so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Take a look at her website, robinmarvel.com. See where she's going to be. Get involved in one of her workshops uh, and come back again next week when we'll have more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.